Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the Word of God? Yeah. Amen. This camp from today on, we're going to talk about the love of God. This is one of my favorite subjects. The reason that is my favorite subject because God is my favorite person. And God is love. So when we talk about love, we talk about God. When we talk about God, we talk about love. So we like to talk about God because we love Him. And we are really on fire for Him. And when we talk about love, we also lift Him up and tell Him that He is so precious to us. In the book of John, chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus spoke to His disciples. How many people are Jesus' disciples in this room? Therefore, this scripture is for you and me too, who consider ourselves the disciple of Jesus Christ. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Father, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will anoint the series of this teaching, anoint my mouth, my tongues, anoint the heart and the mind of the listeners, Lord, that they will be able to understand your word. It would not be just hate knowledge. It would not be just voice that go through the ear from the right to the left and produce nothing. But it will be anointed word of God that produces the salvation, the deliverance, and the changes and transformation of life, Father. We give this time to you. We love you. Help us not to be just hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word of God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses the Old Commandment or the Ten Commandments. We are not living in the Old Testament dispensation any longer. We are living in the New Testament dispensation. We are in the time of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave this command. He said, this is a new commandment. We are living in the New Testament time. We are following the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that I give you the new commandments. And this New commandment is related to how we treat each other as brothers and sisters in the local churches and also between churches and all in the body of Christ. And Jesus said that this new commandment is that we must love our brother and sister. We must love one another in the believer's community. How do we love one another? He said, you love one another as I have loved you. Definitely, we should care for the lost. We should care for the unsaved. We should show love to them. But this scripture is not talking about showing love and care to the unbelievers. But it's talking about the love in the local church or in the body of Christ. 
And he said that the world will know that we are his disciple. The world will know that Jesus is still alive. Jesus is a good God. When they see our actions of love toward one another, loving one another is one of the most powerful way of witnessing for Christ in this generation. Amen? We must, first of all, receive the love of God. First of all, we must be willing to let God love us. We need to be confident in the love of God. As I have been in the file of God for many years, one thing that I noticed the Holy Spirit has changed me a lot is that I have more and more confidence every single year how much God loved me and I learned how to receive the love of God into my life. When you are so confident that God loved you, you don't depend on man's love anymore. You don't worry about what man thinks about you because you know that the living God who is so stable, unchangeable, always loved you. And when you receive the love of God into your life, you can then give the love of God to other people. You cannot give what you don't have. Your giving is related to your receiving. If you don't receive the love of God and have a lot of love of God in you, how can you give the love of God or give love to people? How can you show love to people? You yourself don't even experience the love of God. That's why it's so important that we must be willing to receive His love, be willing to experience the love of God, whether in the area of physical healing or deliverance or finances and any area that God will demonstrate His goodness and love to all of us. We must be willing to be filled with the love of God so that we have a lot of love in our heart to be able to share with other people. So don't be too shy. Don't say that, you know, God doesn't love me. I'm just a little, little guy in the church. No, no, no. You are important. Jesus died for you and Jesus wants to show love to you and he wants you to be so filled and have so much experience of the love of God so that that love will overflow out of you to touch other people. You should allow God to love you and you should allow other people to love you because sometimes God used people to love you. God demonstrates His love through other people. It's good to see the love of God flowing in the church through people, through members, that people will experience the love of God. Amen? Amen. Your giving is dictated and determined and limited or influenced by how you receive from God. Therefore, the first step of how to walk According to the love of God, we must always want to experience the love of God in our life. We allow God to love us. Everyone open your hand and say, God, I allow you to love me. How many people want that? I allow God to love me. Is it good that you allow God to love you? Yes, you allow God to love you so that you can receive. And when you are so confident in the love of God, that God loved you, the first outcome is that you will love yourself. It's hard to love other people if you don't even love yourself. So when you allow God to love you, you begin to see your value, how much God loved you. And when you see more and more value of your own life, then you can love yourself. And when you so 
confident that you are valuable and precious in the eyes of God, you love yourself, then you can love other people. Amen? So the first step, let God love you. In this church family, we want to love you un- unconditionally. I purposed in my heart long time ago that I will love everyone who come to the church, whether they are members or not members, anyone who show up in our house here, we will love them and we want to care about their well-being and we don't look at your past. We don't try to dig out what you did in the past. We don't want to focus about condemnation or about your past. We want to love you who you are and we believe God for you that God's love is so abundant to be able to change you and to touch you. We believe that God will give you a new start if you make a lot of mistakes in the past months and years. Today is a new day. It's a new beginning. You can have a fresh start because the love of God is always there every morning. When you wake up in the morning, God's love and mercy is there and you can start a new life again. He forgives you. He never condemns you. He never pull out the old, the past mistake and try to remind you all the time. Every single day is a new start for us. Amen. So in our church, we never write anybody's off. In our church, we never come against anybody. Because we want you to experience the love of God. Our church doesn't believe in condemnation. Doesn't believe in preaching the message of condemnation. We believe in preaching the message of God's goodness and God's love. And we want people to experience the love of God in the house of God here. So that you can have confidence that God loves you and you begin to walk in love. Amen. And therefore, we love to fellowship with you in this body of Christ here. And we want to fellowship with other parts in the body of Christ. We never consider any church or any denomination as our enemy. We love all of them. They may do things different from us. We may do things different from them. But no one can claim that he is always right. Amen? If some church or some pastor say, I'm always right and everyone else is wrong, it's definitely out of order. I may make mistake. This church may make mistake and we learn and we grow and we stop making mistake and we keep growing. Therefore, we cannot judge other churches and we cannot judge anybody because we are all growing and learning and changing. God never called us to judge. God never called us to condemn. God never called us to compare. God called us to love the body of Christ and love one another unconditionally. Amen? My dear brother and sister, that's why the devil wants to do everything to cause strife in the local church, to cause division and fight and quarrel in the local church and among the churches. Jesus said, by this all will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. We are known as Jesus' disciple. And people in the world will know that Jesus is a real and living God. Not because we can quote the scripture. Not because we graduate from the Bible school and have all the head knowledge and bang on people's head with our Bible knowledge. Keep banking them. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. We are not known as Christ's disciple by speaking in tongues, by performing miracles and healings. No. The 
people in the world know that we are Christ's disciple because we love our brothers and sisters. The trademark of Christianity is not signs and wonders. It's not Bible knowledge. The trademark of Christianity is loving one another. And the devil know that loving one another is the most powerful ways of witnessing for Christ. He is going to do everything to cause fighting and strife and division in the church and among the churches. So many teenagers backslide and walk away from church today because they see brother and sister, the adult, the uncle and auntie fighting in the church and hate each other and the kids grow up and say, I don't want church anymore. I'm going to leave. I don't think Jesus is real. I don't think Jesus is a living God because they cannot even love one another. I don't want to have anything to do with the church anymore or with the Bible anymore. So this is a serious issue. Our outreach is not just go on the street and preaching the word. You are a sinner. You go to hell. You need Jesus. That is not the only way of witness. Our witness and our outreach is not just about preaching, preaching, preaching. The best way of outreach, the best way of witnessing is to love one another and to love people. People are won by love, not by preaching of the word of God. Amen? Therefore, we need to understand that people are not interested in what we say. People are interested in watching what we do. You can say whatever you want, but if your life living in sin and you're so hatred and you're selfish and self-centeredness, they will not listen to the gospel. They listen to the gospel only when you walk in love. And I cannot explain in detail in this series of teaching about how to walk in the love of God. If we fight each other in the church and you preach the gospel, your relative will not want to come to church. They will not accept Jesus Christ. If you preach the gospel, but you're living a sinful life, your witness will be undermined, will be weak, will not be effective as it should be because you are living a sinful and selfish life. Therefore, this message is very important to bring revival to the whole world. People are going to come to know Jesus when Christians love one another, not fighting one another. In New Hope International Church, we have zero, everyone say zero, zero. not zero money, zero tolerance for any strife, S-T-R-I-F-E. We have zero tolerance for strife. The reason is strife is the manifest presence of the devil. If we allow strife and fighting to happen in the church, we allow the devil to show up and linger around and bring the team, the demons to come in. You start with strife, then you're going to follow by divorce and follow by cancer and follow by back problem and heart disease because you allow the devil to float around in the church. We allow strife and fighting and then the army of demons going to come in with all kinds of problems in the church and the church going to fall apart. Therefore, as a pastor of this church, I will not allow even one bit of strife to happen. We're going to have to solve the problem when people have conflict or have any division in the church ASAP as soon as possible. Sometimes people say, I'm right, he's wrong. My way is right, his way is wrong, and keep fighting. You know, sometimes it's about right and wrong. 
It's about loving one another. Just give up your own agenda and yield to one another and say, "Okay, we're not going to fight who is right and who is wrong. We're going to love one another and submit to one another." Amen. Don't allow strife to happen in the church. Don't allow strife to happen in your family, in your workplace, in your marriage. Because when you let strife happen, you allow the devil to show up. The manifest presence of the devil is strife, but the manifest presence of God is peace, joy, and love. How can you tell a house, a family, a church has the manifest presence of God? You look at heaven. When you go to heaven, you don't see strife up there. You will never experience fighting, strife, quarreling, yelling at each other in heaven. In heaven, there's perfect peace, perfect joy, perfect faith, and love. So when you walk into a church, you walk into a house. How can you tell that they have the manifest presence of God? You can see the joy on the face, not not worry. Fear. Oh, I will not have money tomorrow. I'm dying right now. No one loved me. That is fear. Fear torments you. But the Bible says love will get rid of fear and torment. When you love God, when the presence of God show up, you have faith. You have love. You have joy. And then, no strife. There is peace in the house. There is peace and joy in the house. How many people have experienced to be in the midst of a terrible strife in any church or any family? It's not fun. I grew up in the I grew up in the home where my parents did not get along. They always yell at each other all the days of my life. And thank God that by 70 years old, my mom got saved and my dad got saved. And things turn around. But before that, I was growing up in the strife home. It's terrible to live in the home that people fighting, in the church that people keep fighting each other, and people divide into groups, and this group and that group. It's a terrible situation. We need to build peace and love and unity in the house of God and in our home. Amen. Amen. Everyone say zero tolerance. My job as a pastor is to stop strife in the church ASAP. I will not allow the devil to step into my church. John 15, 9 to 10. John chapter 15, 9 to 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. You can see this scripture. How Jesus tried to help us to understand Jesus is the Son of God. He was with the Father in heaven. And the Father loved him so much. He was loved by the Father. And then he came into the world as a human being. He was in the human form. And he said that as a human, he's loved by the Father. And he said, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus, as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, He is God, but He came in as a man. He abide in the love of God, in the love of the Father. 
How did he abide in the love of the Father? By obeying his commandments. Amen. And he said that you, all my disciple, Christians, Christians are followers of Jesus. Christians are people who imitate Jesus, imitators of God. We should also abide in Jesus' love. And how could we abide in Jesus' love? By obeying his commandments. And what is his new commandment? Love one another as he has loved us. If you want to abide in Jesus' love, you need to make a decision to love one another. A lot of time, we are looking for geographical location. If I can live in the waterfront, I can see the ocean. If I can live in Oahu, in front of the Waikiki Beach, and can go walk down to swim anytime, I can snorkel every day, see the fish, I can say aloha and mahalo every day. Oh, I would be happy. I've seen so many people who say that I'm tired of Washington State. Too much rain, too much cloud. And then they move to California. Six months later, they move back. And six months later, they move to Las Vegas. And six months later, they move back. They keep moving and moving and moving. Because in their mind, they think that geographical location will make them happy. No. You live in the physical world. Your body lives in the physical realm. But happiness doesn't come from the physical realm. Happiness is in here. And the joy is in here. When your spirit, when your spiritual life abide or live in the bubble of God's love. You can be in Las Vegas with 110 Fahrenheit every day. You can be in Arizona with 120 Fahrenheit in summer. But if your spirit live in or abide in the bubble of God's love, full of love, everywhere you go, the favor of God show up. Everywhere you go, the parking open for you. Everywhere you go, the favor of God. God just love you, love you everywhere. God just show his love to you because you abide in his love. Oh, it doesn't matter where you live. You shall be full of joy. So the question is where God called you to be. If God called you to be in Arizona, stay in Arizona even though it's hot. But you abide in his love. It's not about physical place that you live in. It's a spiritual place you live in. And how can you live or abide in the bubble of God's love that you experience the love of God all the time by obeying his new commandment is to love one another. Make a decision after this camp or after this preaching. Even though somebody in the church may annoy you. Maybe somebody in the church get on your nerve off and on. Do you have some of those people in the church? You don't need to raise your hand. Or oh, never, huh? Christian cannot lie. Even though somebody may give you a hard time, but you make a decision from today on, you're going to love them. You will love them. You obey the new commandment. You want to live in the light, in the bubble love of God. You don't want to live in the dark room. People can live in a big mansion in front of the waterfront, 
in the waterfront, big mansion, but they want to commit suicide. They're unhappy. They never smile. They're so depressed and so angry all the time because inside the spirit, they live in the dark room of lacking relationship with God. That's why they've never been happy. We should live in the bubble love of God, in the bubble of the love of God. In John chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus make a conclusion. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. When we receive the love of God, love ourselves, love our brother and sister, walk in love every day, when you make a choice between hating and loving, you make a choice to love, even though some of you may be Democrat, even though some of you may be Republican, and you sit in the same church. I know he's a de- Democrat. I know he is Republican. But we should not get involved politics in the church. We should love one another and don't label ourselves Republican or Democrat. We should label ourselves disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you could do that, you're going to be smart and happy and joyful. Your joy will be full because you love your brother and sister no matter what. Background, no matter what the political belief they have. In this church, I never look at people's political orientation. I don't care. I love you. You are the kids of God. You are the children of God. I'm going to love you. Amen? Amen? John 15 verse 12 to 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Again, Jesus emphasized John 13. He said, this is a new commandment. John 15, he emphasized again, this is my commandment. The head of the church, the Lord of our life, give us the charge, give us the command. This is not an option. This is not something that you will be able to choose to do or not to do. He said, I command you that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus said, I love you first. Therefore, why don't you love one another? The Bible says in Romans chapter 13 verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. When you walk in the love of God, you love people, you love brother and sister, you fulfill all the law of the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God emphasized in the New Testament time the word love more than how you wear your clothes, how you're going to wave your flag in the church, how you're going to blow the trumpet, what kind of noise in the trumpet. That is minor thing. The major thing in the church is to love one another. And if you can love one another, you will fulfill all the laws of the Bible. And the Bible says, owe no one anything. It means if you borrow some money, please pay back. Don't keep cheating. Pay them back. If you borrowed money from the bank, pay it back. I heard one time, people say this way that I don't agree. People say, oh, uh, I have mortgage. I'm not going to pay my mortgage. Uh, I'm going to pay my mortgage the least I can. I want the bank. I, the reason I don't want to pay off my mortgage, this is a reason, okay? There are different reasons. This is a reason that the person told me. I don't want to pay my mortgage because Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> and if Jesus comes back, oh, the bank is going to be gone anyway. So I don't need to pay my mortgage. 
That is not biblical idea. You owe the bank, pay the bank, don't cheat them. Amen. Owe no one anything. Pay back what you borrow. If you get borrow money and people don't pay you back, are you happy? You're not happy. The same thing. Don't do that to the bank. Pay them off. Okay. <laughs> don't think that Jesus. Maybe Jesus will delay another two hundred years. People think that Jesus is going to come back next year. Don't pay. Because when he come back, all the debt will be gone anyway. He established the new kingdom in, on earth. So I don't need to pay my debt. Ho, ho, ho. That is not a biblical idea. You need to pay people back. Okay? But we owe everybody one thing. We owe everybody one thing. Love. We need to love people. The reason we owe everyone love, because God loved us first. Even though we did not deserve it, God loved us while we were still sinners. God died for us while we were His enemies. As He loved us unconditionally, that we did not deserve, we should love people. We owe people love, even though they do not deserve. Even though they did not do any good thing to us, even though they may not show love to us first, we still need to love them. Amen. In Romans chapter 13, verses 9 to 11, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. This is a ten commandment. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are uh, all sum up. All the commandments are sum up in this saying, namely, all the commandments in the Bible sum up, concluded in one statement. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. As I mentioned a while ago, if you don't love yourself, you cannot love people. So you need to allow God to love you first, so you can love yourself, and then you shall love your neighbor. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. If you can walk in love, you fulfill all the law of the Bible. And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Don't sleep spiritually. Wake up. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Since God loves you, you are in the position of loving yourself. And if you can love yourself, you will love other people easily. Now the Bible says clearly. I'm going to emphasize this in this teaching. Love Will never hurt anybody. Love will not cause harm. Will not do ill things to anybody. To especially your neighbor. We are not responsible to show love to people who we never met. But we are responsible to show love to our neighbors. Who are our neighbors? Not just the house next door. Our neighbors mean people who come across us, people who are around us. People in the same church, brother and sister, our own husband, wife, kids, people who are around us or we come around and talk to. We are responsible to show love to those who are around us, come beside us and sit in the same room and work in the same office, sitting in the same classroom. We should love them. We should show love to them, walk in love with them. Amen. And when you walk in love, you will not hurt anybody. You will not cause damage or cause downfall to anybody. 
when you listen to this teaching, you may think, hmm, my husband should be here to listen to this message. He hurt me so much. Or you may be thinking, wow, that member should show up in this camp. He should have come here. No, this message is for you. This teaching is for you, not for other people. Amen? God knew before the creation of the world that you're going to be here in this room today. And he prepared this teaching for you, not for your husband, your wife at home. He wants you to hear this message. Let me say this. The reason I say this. It's not your responsibility to cause other people to love you. It's your responsibility to love others. It's not about why didn't he love me. But it's about what can I do to walk in love with him and her. We cannot force people to love us, but we are responsible to make a decision to love other people and love our brothers and sisters. And when people don't love us, mean to, uh, mean to us, hurt us, wow, even a greater opportunity to develop our own love because we can love even people who hurt our feelings so that our love will grow more. Amen? When we talk about walking in love, it's not about a good religious thing. Walking in love is the way of life. It's not a religious thing. Walking in love is the way that never fails. Walking in love will make your faith work. Faith without love will never work. The Bible said in the book of Galatians, I learned this as a pastor. I promised God many years ago. When people walk into the church, many people walk into the church with a lot of garbages and a lot of problems. Maybe in addiction, family is broken down, almost to the verge of divorce. Some people have smoke cigarette problem, pornography, whatever. Some people are complainers. Some people are self-pity, self-pity, looking for love. And when I look at them, I have two choices, worry and lose sleep. Or God should show me, as a pastor, I need to have faith for them. I need to have faith. When I look at certain people who come in and have a lot of problems, like some of you, Maybe I should look at somebody. Some of you walk in, when I look at, when I look at you in the physical, in the natural thinking, oh, God sent another big problem to my church now. Oh, not a headache. But that is a carnality. But when I look at you, I need to have faith. Hmm, God can change you. God can deliver you. You're going to be a new person. But that faith will not work unless I love you. And I will have faith that he's going to be changed in this house. This church is going to be the answer to this man to become a godly man. I'm not going to chase him out to the devil. Amen? That is faith and love. When you have faith and love together, your faith will work. And you will not cause any harm or damage to anybody. You will love and build that person up. And look at that person with love and faith all the time. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.
In conclusion, number one, God wants us to love one another. Number two, we allow God to love us first. Let God love us through people. Let God love us directly. Let Him shower His love and demonstrate His goodness to us, so that we can love ourselves and love others. When we obey this commandment, we abide or live in the bubble of His love everywhere we go. We're gonna find His favor, His help, His healing, His blessing. We're gonna live in the Garden of Eden. The love of God surrounds us everywhere. Everywhere we go, we receive special favor from God by obeying this new commandment, loving one another. And when we love one another, we fulfill the law, and we can have joy, and we will not hurt anybody, we will not harm anybody with our mouth, with our action. Amen. Amen. We're going to study about the love of God in detail from now on. The whole year, we're going to learn about the love of God. People from out of town, we send teaching to you through Dropbox, and you can listen. This is exciting because I grow myself. I learn all this. I repent. I, when I prepare the teaching, I repent and repent. I need to do what I preach. I cannot just preach and don't do it. I need to do what I preach. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching about the love of God. Help us to grow up, Lord. We don't want to be baby Christian forever. And the sign of maturity is walking in the love of God. Help us, Lord. Show your love to us. We allow you to love us, Lord. And we want to love ourselves. We want to abide or live in the bubble of your love, Father. We promise you, Lord, we're going to obey your new commandment to love one another. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. This morning we learn about God command us new commandment to love one another. And the Bible say Romans chapter 13, for the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this, this saying namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. We need to settle in our heart that we're going to obey the command of Jesus Christ to love our brothers and sisters, no matter what, so that we can abide in his love and live in his love, the bubble of his love. And we need to understand that walking in love is not a religious thing, but it's the way of life that never fails. If you want your faith to work, if you get sick, you pray for sickness. If you see your kids have problems and you want to use your faith or exercise your faith to pray for your kids, your husband, your wife, your job, your finances. Your faith will not work if you live a life of selfishness and hatred. You need to live a life of love because faith works by love. Everywhere Jesus went, you notice Jesus performed miracles after miracles after miracles. His faith worked so well because Jesus is full of love. Faith works by love. And if we really walk in love, the Bible says we will not do harm or hurt anybody at all. 
Romans chapter 12 verse 17 repay no evil for evil have regard for good things in the sight of all men repay no evil for evil when a person slap on your face you usually want to slap him back even harder but you may control yourself no i cannot slap because i may be in jail the police may be called Oh, the Lord may not be happy with me because I repay evil for evil. But I want to let you know, even though you don't slap back, but you will not feel rosy and wonderful inside you. You feel terrible that somebody slapped on you because you're still living in the flesh. And the flesh is not born again. Your mind is not born again. Your mind needs to be renewed. Your flesh is still working today. But our spirit is born again. So you have to decrease, crucify your flesh, and you need to let the Holy Spirit, the love of God, to rise up on the inside of you. You may have some strong feeling, bad feeling on the inside, because your mind is still working. The feeling is still working. He slapped me. He hurt me. But... You don't do evil back. You don't criticize back. You don't slap back. Our sinful nature want to retaliate, want to revenge. When somebody hurt us physically, we want to get back at them stronger. That's the nature of the flesh. Have you ever been in the playground? And you heard one kid say to another kid, you are a stupid head. And what is next? Boom! Hit one another. I've seen that in my house too. (laughs) And we all have the same kind of flesh. No matter how old you are, no matter how long you've become a Christian, you're still living in the flesh. When other people do wrong to us, what the nature of the flesh wants to do? It wants to revenge and do evil back, which is contrary to the work of the Holy Spirit. God is love. And when we have the love of God on the inside of us, love will work no ill, no harm, no evil to anybody. Love will not harm our neighbors. Amen? First Corinthians 13, talk about love. Verses 5 to 6. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoke, thinks no evil. The Bible says, love thinks no evil. When we think evil, it includes planning to hurt somebody, planning to take revenge, planning to say some bad things about somebody, entertain the ideas of hurting people. That is evil. So the Bible says, love doesn't even entertain the negative thinking about hurting somebody. Love does not even want to think about, want to see people go downhill. But love wants to see people go up. You need to understand this. When people sow bad things, they reap bad things. And if you are really mature Christian and you walk in love, when people hurt you, People do something wrong to you and some bad things happen to them anyway because they're so bad. 
Some bad things happen to them. If you are mature, you not you don't rejoice when your enemy get into trouble. Instead, you pray. You have mercy on your enemy. You pray that your enemy will repent and grow and change and get to know God and full of maturity, so that the punishment of the Lord will be lifted up from that person. You will love your enemy, and you don't want to see your enemy get into trouble. Actually, if you love people, you are so happy when they are doing better than you. When they pay their house off, you say. Hallelujah! You shout, happy for them that they pay their house off. When you love people, and they get a new car, they drive a brand new car into the church. You don't look at them and say, "Oh, I I drive an old car. You have a new car. Hmm, I am not happy. No, you are happy when people drive in a brand new car. You are happy when you see people' lives get better. Amen." You want to see people go up, not to go downhill. You want to see people blessed, touched by God, healed by God. Why don't we rise up to that level of love that we just only think good? A while ago, the Bible said in Romans chapter twelve, verse seventeen, "Have regard for good things always. Always want to see good things happen to people, not evil things." Don't entertain evil thinking. We want to see people bless. So love always want to bless people and edify and build people up. The Bible say in the book of Matthew ten sixteen. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Let me ask this question. When you see a dove fly by or come by you, will you steer away? You run away from a dove, will you? No, is that right? Let me ask this question: When you walk by somebody, how does he feel? He feel that he want to stay away from you. He have the question in his mind: What does he feel today? What is his emotion today? What kind of mood is he in? If he's in a bad mood, I think I should stay away from him. We should be the kind of people like a dove. Everywhere we go, people can be confident that we are there for their benefit. We are not there to hurt anybody. We will not hurt anybody. People like to be around us, and that's why the children like to be around Jesus, because everywhere Jesus went. He never hurt anybody. He only blessed people. Should we become like that kind of people? That everywhere we go, I come for your benefit. I come to bless you. I'm not here to hurt you. You can trust me. No matter what you do, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm not gonna take your name out to proclaim in the whole block in the website that how bad you are. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna stand behind your back. No one can touch you. I will be your friend. I'm your loyal friend. I love you. I protect you. That is a kind of love that God talk about. Amen. People may do foolish thing to us, and we may get mad, but we should turn around quickly 
and we should pray for that person instead of getting mad at that person. I want to encourage all of you, even as Christians, the devil can use us to hurt people, and the devil not only will use our mouth. Our hands, our eyes, our finances, and time and money—everything to hurt people. Sometimes we don't mean it because we want to be a good Christian. But the devil will try to set it up that you would do something wrong to hurt your brother and sister in the church. You understand what the word the word set it up? You don't mean it, but he set it up that you would unknowingly say something wrong to hurt. Your brothers and sisters in the church, be careful. You need to be wise and not let the devil use you to hurt anybody. Instead, we should allow God to use us to love people through us, through our eyes, to our hands. If you come close to me, you notice something. I don't talk a lot. I'm a very quiet man. I don't talk a lot. The reason I don't want to talk a lot because I'm concerned that I will say something wrong, that will hurt you and hurt somebody else. So I try to control my mouth and don't talk a lot. I want to walk in love because if I talk a lot, I can unknowingly say something wrong to hurt people. We all make mistake with our mouth, with our words. Amen. And when we say it out, we cannot put it back. So somebody already get hurt. We have to control our mouth. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 20. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written. Vengeance is mine; I will repay," says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him; if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. When people do wrong to us, we will not do evil toward them, and we keep quiet, shut our mouth. We don't retaliate. You need to understand this. We are God's kids, and when somebody hurt us, God take that wrongdoing personally. And if they don't stop, vengeance belongs to the Lord. He gonna take care of that person for you. He will get rid of that person for you, out of your life. So you don't have to revenge. Let God do it. But if you begin to defend yourself, Attack back, talk back, fighting with your word, email, put in the blog and fight. The protection of God is gone. You do it yourself, so He's not gonna take care of you anymore. And not only that, you do evil back, you're gonna reap evil back to you. So I want to encourage all of you: when people do wrong to you, keep quiet, don't fight, don't talk back, don't defend yourself. And don't do evil back to them. Let God deal with them. If they don't stop, the Lord will take care because we are His kids. The Lord gonna take care of His children. Amen. We should not retaliate at all. And when they're hungry, we feed them 
We cook a pie and give to them. We give them a free ticket to go to movie and give to them. Do good back to them. Amen. We don't retaliate. Love is not a feeling. When you buy the cookie and give to your enemy that hurt you, I want to tell you, you may not feel good, but you do it anyway. Because love is not feelings. Amen. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 13. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Love our brother and sister. Don't hurt anybody. Don't harm anybody with your words, with your actions. Two, if your brothers hurt you, keep quiet. Don't retaliate. Don't do evil back. And number three, when people do good to you, this is the third step now. Don't do evil to them. The Bible says that if people do good to you, they visit you, they feed you, they come and take care of you, and you turn around and gossip about them, talk bad about them, you hurt them, you cause them to lose reputation and uh, cause people to misunderstand them. The Bible says evil will not depart from your home. This is serious. Please, don't attack or hurt people that has been good to you. Because you are calling evil into your house. And they're going to stay in your home. Because you are worse than the non-believers. Because even the non-believers will not do bad things to people who do good to them. As Christians, you know, I have left many churches. I have left many denominations because God moved me on. Moved me from evangelical church to Baptist church and then to charismatic church, and now I am in a revival church. One thing that I will never want to do is to talk bad about my previous pastors. We may not agree. Some of them may even hurt me and say some bad things about me because I left. I promise God I will never say anything bad about that pastor because at least at one time of my life, that pastor fed me, took care of me that I come to this point because of him or her. Why do I attack the person that used to do good to me at the level that he or she knows? Pastor Dan knows very well, I never talk bad about my boss in America. His name is Dr. Richard Wynn. People attack him left and right in the hospital. I defend him. I said, don't talk bad about my boss. He's not a perfect man. He makes mistakes. He yell at me sometimes. He call on the phone and yell at me. But my job is not to hurt Dr. Richard Wynn because he gave me the job. He helped me to come to the U.S. I become a neurosurgeon today because of this man. I will never talk bad about this man. Never hurt him because I don't want evil to remain in my home. I will only do good to people. God is a good God. We only do good to people. You know, doing evil is ungodly and devilish. It's of the devil. Make a decision today. Always do good to people. Choose to do good to people. Make a decision today. Even when people do bad things to you, hurt you, you still do good to them. 
And even the third level, when people do good to you, don't even try to do evil to them. You continue to appreciate, even though you depart and have some disagreement in certain doctrines. You still love that person and never talk bad about that person. Amen. Amen. Roman twelve twenty one. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. People who walk in love, very difficult to be overcome by evil. You know why? Because you realize that the real strength and the most stable person in the world that you can cling to is God. You know that man fails, man make mistake, man can hurt you, your husband can hurt you, your wife can hurt you. Your pastor can hurt your feeling. Some of you may misunderstand me, that you say hi to me and I don't look excited to go and hug you, and you think maybe he doesn't love me, but maybe you don't understand that I just lay hand on 200 people and I'm tired, and I need to have a break. I don't have energy, and I and I have another service come up in 15 minutes, so I need to have a break and to be with myself so that I can listen to God. I don't spend that time to socialize because I need to hear from God. You see, people may misunderstand me, and remember this: don't depend on man's love, because man make mistake. Man is not perfect, and when man do evil to you unknowingly or unintentionally, don't be overcome by it. Just forgive, let it go, and you always do good to people. Always do good. Amen. Everyone say, "I will always do good." In conclusion tonight, love always build people up. Love will never hurt anybody. Love always edifies and does good to people. No matter what other people do, we still will do good to them, and don't retaliate or revenge. And do evil back to people at all, amen. If we can make this decision in the house of God, all of us, we make the decision to build each other up. I have to actually sympathize with new churches. This church has been established for how many years now? Twenty-six years. So we have a clear elder, clear pastor. People are more mature, so you feel secure in the church. That you have us mature people take care of you, but a brand new church, all of them are young, new, and I want to encourage you. The first question is that: Is does God call you to be there? If God doesn't call you to be there, leave. Instead of being a problem maker, leave. If God call you to be there, your job is to love your brother, even though he is not perfect. And a brand new leader, brand new preacher, who may not know everything yet, but you will always edify and build people up, build your team up, not to put them down. Amen? Amen. New churches, we need to have that kind of attitude toward one another, because it's not perfect yet. Thank you, Jesus. How many people promise God that you will not do evil to anybody? You will may the love of God constrain you. 
that you will not do evil to anybody with your words, your actions. Amen. You will do good to people. Everyone say, love always builds. Love never fails. Love make my faith works. I want to walk in love. I will not do evil to anybody. Amen. Some of you may have problem with your wife and your husband. I cannot love my husband. He's mean. He's not good to me. He's my enemy. But the Bible says, "Love your enemy." No excuses. You still need to love him, even though he's mean to you. Amen. But it doesn't mean that the husband should not repent. The husband need to repent too. If you do some bad things to your wife, you need to repent. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> no way out. You cannot give excuse to God that I cannot love my spouse. Husband loved your wife, and if your wife is not nice to you, at least she is your sister. Love your sister. But if she is your enemy, love your enemy. No excuse. No way around. Cannot give excuse. You still need to love your wife. Amen. <laughs> she did evil to you. What do you do? You do good back. Non-retaliate. Amen. So that's the message tonight. When you love, you don't harm people, and you do good to people. Tonight, when I pray for you, I want to teach you how to receive. Okay. Number one, you need to come to God with hunger. You don't come to God to test Him, who He is. You need to come to Him by faith and hunger. God really touches the hungry. God will give to you when you're hungry. But if you're not hungry, God cannot force Himself to you. You need to be hungry. Number two, you need to be humble. God give grace to the humble. If you worry too much about your face, your dignity, how you look, your mascara, your hairstyle, your lipstick gonna be gone or not? It's hard for God to touch you. It's hard for God to give you grace because you care too much about your dignity and how you look. You need to come to God, like God. If I look like a mess, it's okay. If my hair is in that I spent two hundred dollars this morning to fix, will be gone. That's okay. If my tear come out to the point that my mascara all come into my face, it's okay. Because it's better to be operated by God than try to keep your dignity. Amen. Number three. Don't look at other people. Don't look at me. Come, close your eyes, lift your hand up, and just focus on God. And Gio. Now I forget what I'm talking. After, after, after Pastor Dad touched me, I feel the anointing. Number three. <laughs> Number three, don't look at people. 
Don't be observer, but receive. Close your eyes and receive. Start to draw in your spirit. Amen. Amen. You just draw the new wine from heaven. If you draw, you hungry, you draw. He will come down. Amen. Number four. You receive from God by your heart, not by your brain. So when you come out to receive, don't try to analyze what God wants to do. You just open your heart up and say, "Whatever, Lord, you want to do in my life, I repent. I want to change. Touch me today." Number five, yield it. If God touch you and you feel something happen in your body, you have two choices. Fight, fight, or yield. The principle of God is: the more you yield, the more He can do the job. The more you fight, the more He will pull back, because He is a gentleman. He will never force you to do anything. This principle with the speaking in tongue too. If you open your mouth and speak out loud, He will pick up even more. That's why the Bible compare the Holy Spirit to rivers. The Bible talk about some people put in their foot into the river at ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, and swim in the ocean. So you can get whatever you want. If you fight with him, you resist him, you get as much. But if you yield, you will receive more. Desperate and yield to the Lord. Remember this: He will never want to hurt you. He want to bless you. He want to touch you with His fire. Your life will never be the same after you get touched by the Lord. Amen. Why people fall down? Two reasons. Why people fall down? Two reasons. Number one, they lost their strength and they could not stand. They yield. Number two, because Of the human physiology, human physiology is this way. Think about this. I'm a doctor, so I understand human physiology. If you stand and you don't yield, after I walk away, because I have another 200 people to pray for, what happened next? Within three seconds, you open your eyes and walk out and go back to your chair. But if you are willing to go down on the floor. You spend time, close your eyes, and spend time with God. You press in. You remember the story of Jacob wrestled with God. He wrestled with God until eventually God touched him. It took him all night. Sometimes God wants to see how serious you are. He doesn't touch you when I lay hand on you. He doesn't touch you at that moment, even though the Holy Spirit is there. He just wants to see how serious you are. So if you just stand and open your eyes and walk away, it means. I'm not serious. It's like going after a girlfriend, buy ice cream, go to her brother, day after day, press in, <laughs> persistent. I want you, you to be my girlfriend. The same thing with God. If you come to God and three minutes later he didn't show up, you say bye bye. I give up. That's why I like the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. By the law of the Jews, could not get into the public. 
if they find out that she has bleeding and get into public, she would be stoned to death. But she was so desperate that she pushed the crowd out of her and say to her heart, "If I don't touch the garment of Jesus, I would not stop. I'm gonna press in. I'm gonna t u I'm gonna be persistent." t u is Thai word. Will never give up until I get touched by God. It's hard to be touched by God if you keep standing and looking at people around. But when you lie down, which is good anyway, because you show humility to God. You know, in the Old Testament, when people meet God, they're all on the floor. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, John, Daniel, David, everyone, when they meet the presence of God, they're all on the floor. So it's okay to be prostrated down, lie down on the floor before the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's biblical. Everywhere in the Bible, when people meet God, they all fall to the ground. Paul, when he met the presence of God at the road to Damascus, the fire of God show up. The Bible say they all fell down to the ground. So it's okay to fall down on the ground. Amen. How many people tonight want to press in, like the woman with the issue of blood? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's come up to be prayed for then. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a m a l gathered in Your name, I lift to You.